today on This Christian Life. I thought, well, if God made me this way and God doesn't make any mistakes, God did this on purpose, then God's just a jerk. My own mom didn't want me to be a girl, and I was just angry. That's Laura Perry, our storyteller for today on This Christian Life. Laura, like all of us, was designed uniquely and specifically by God. And yet Laura came to the conclusion that her design was somehow wrong. She was assigned the wrong gender, and therefore God must have made a mistake in her design, a big one. I didn't even want to be openly transgender. I wanted to erase the existence of Laura. I tried to recreate everything in my life. Like I, <laughs> I have to figure out a way to do this. really tomboy and you know I was much more athletic and I remember just the difference between the girls at school that would be playing with dolls or be playing like gymnastics type stuff and I was always playing either soccer or football with the boys and I remember just not being able to relate to them very well you know I didn't have a great relationship with my mom even though she loved God in a lot of ways She'll tell you in her own testimony that she was kind of a legalistic Pharisee. My heart breaks for her now that I kind of understand her perspective because she was raised like this and all she knew was working for God. She didn't really understand what it was like to have a relationship with God. And she said she used to feel like she was on this performance treadmill for God, just killing herself trying to do things for God. She said she would go to pastors and just cry and say, I can't do this Christian life. I don't know. I can't fix all this. And they would say, Francine, you just need to try harder. While her mom worked harder to please God, Laura was placed on the back burner. And I was born a little later in life, so by the time I was growing up, she was just so burned out and stressed out and full of anxiety. And I never saw a lot of faith. I just saw all this legalism and all these rules that was leading to nothing but stress and anxiety. She was always doing a lot for me, but never really wanted me around. I can't remember her going to a single soccer game or really spending a lot of time with me. It was always like, just go away, just get off me, leave me alone, I don't have time. But just absolutely killing herself, doing things around the house and, you know, doing things for me. But I just perceived it as rejection. And when that lie came into my heart, I saw she was much closer to my very quiet, obedient brother. I was very hyper, I had a ton of energy. And so I began to believe that mom loved boys more than girls. She had miscarried too between my brother and I, they were both boys. And I I remember at five years old, believing that mom wished I had been one of the boys instead. And so I spent basically all my time with my dad and my brother and I was spending all my time at school with the boys and just couldn't relate to the girls. And so very early in life, just felt like I was so different. I felt like I couldn't fit in. I remember just feeling so awkward around the other girls. And I'd write stories about being a boy. I'd play video games with boy characters and just lived in this fantasy world. Then when I was eight, I was molested by another boy. And he was just a year older than me. It was just my friend's brother. And so it brought a lot of confusion in my life. This wasn't this big, older, scary man. Like I'd heard of, you know, stranger danger. This was my friend's brother. And so it opened some sexual curiosity. I began messing around with my other friends. So I was living this sort of secret life, you know, acting like I'm part of this good Christian family. But inside, sin was eating away at me. 
I was bitter against the church for a lot of reasons. I grew up in just this very legalistic church. It was very boring, and all I was hearing about were these rules. My only perception of Christianity was that if you wanted to go to heaven, you'd obey God's rules, and if you, you didn't obey God's rules, then you went to hell. And I really had no concept of Jesus. When I was in high school, I was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome, so my female system wasn't working properly and it was causing me nothing but chronic pain. And I thought, well, if God made me this way and God doesn't make any mistakes, God did this on purpose, then God's just a jerk. You know, I didn't want to be a female in the first place. My own mom, in my mind, um, didn't want me to be a girl. And then it's causing me nothing but pain. They were telling me I'd likely never get pregnant and I was just angry. And on top of that, I was being rejected by men that I was trying to date at the time. And I kept thinking the men had the power. Like, if I was the man, I know how to treat a girl. And I was just being dumped and rejected over and over and over and over in high school. And I was giving everything away sexually, like anything they wanted, and they still didn't want me. I remember just the pain of trying so hard to be loved and accepted. And I got deeper into porn and sexual sin. I eventually joined an adult hookup site just trying so hard to find a man that would want me. Finally, when I was 25, I thought the reason that this never works out is because I was supposed to be the man. If I was the man, I know how to treat a woman, and I, I don't care what I have to do. I'm desperate. Like, I, <laughs> I have to figure out a way to do this. And so when I started looking it up on Google, I was shocked at all the results that came up. I'd never even heard the word transgender, because this was back in 2007, and we forget how much the culture's changed, but back then, no one talked about this. I found a support group in Tulsa and I went and within five minutes of the first meeting they were like, oh, you are definitely transgender. And it's like, I knew it. I knew this was me. And this, it's like, oh my goodness, my entire life makes sense. And so I was absolutely convinced at that point that that's who I was, that I was born that way and I'd always been that way. And so I didn't see any connections to childhood or anything. At that point, it was like, this is who I am and you better get on board with me or get out of my way. I said, you know, you have to call me Jake and affirm who I am or I'm never going to talk to you again. I started taking the hormones. My voice began to get a lot lower. I started growing facial hair. Even the, like my jawline started to change shape and it, the fat kind of redistributes in the body. My hips started to get narrower. My parents didn't know what to do. And I mean, it just really looked like it was gonna be real. It was everything I ever wanted. I had a partner who was also trans. He was a male to female, but we kind of affirmed each other. And we just seemed to have this wonderful life. It's like we totally reinvented ourselves. And for a while, it was like the greatest thing ever. It's easy to create your own reality. In fact, we've all done it. Whether it's on social media or in real life, we all too often portray a version of ourselves to the world that we wish we were. More attractive, more organized, more successful, more exciting. All a lie that we present to the world that we try to believe to make ourselves feel better, look better, or to simply hide from our brokenness. Over the years, I was having more and more mental problems not just emotionally, but also just cognitively. Like, I remember, it's a miracle I didn't get fired from my last job because I was having so much trouble processing and thinking. I was having a lot of trouble with memory. I was forgetting a lot. You're introducing this chemical that's causing just the, the unstable emotions, and it, it just feels tormenting. I kept being annoyed by how fake it all was. You know, I was, I was using stuff to bind my chest down. You know, we're taking these, these hormones to do this artificially and sort of recreate this. Just all kinds of fake things to make this real. And I kept thinking, one day this will be real. Once I had the chest surgery, I was devastated because I realized it hadn't made me a man. 
I remember feeling so stupid. I was like, even women have mastectomies. Like, this doesn't make me a man just because I cut off the press. I thought, well, maybe another year of hormones. Like, maybe once the facial hair comes in better, maybe it sort of works all through the body. Like, I didn't understand the science of it. When it still wasn't becoming real and I still realized how fake it all was, I thought, well, you know, once I have all the female organs removed, then it will be real. So I had all of those removed. I had a full hysterectomy and oophorectomy. When I realized that that still wasn't real, I was really beginning to get devastated. I was about four years in and I thought, you know, like, when is this ever going to be real? It just seemed so fake. And even though I was happy in a sense because everybody was affirming me and I thought, you know, this is everything I've ever wanted. And yet it still wasn't real. So I started looking into the final genital reassignment surgeries and I was devastated when I realized how fake they are. They can sort of recreate it. It's very artificial. And on top of that, there are some horrible, horrible complications that can come up. And on top of that, it was going to cost me about $100,000. I remember just the crushing blow of realizing that I was never going to be a man. I knew that even if I could have afforded it, it was not ever going to be real. The reality was I was in a female body. I thought, well, at least everybody else believes it. I had a new job now where I was only known as male. People didn't even know I was trans because I didn't even want to be openly transgender. I wanted to erase the existence of Laura. I tried to recreate everything in my life. And I remember the frustration as I had to reinvent stories as I'd be talking to people. And it's like, wait a minute, I couldn't have been in Girl Scouts. I had to have been in Boy Scouts. No, I couldn't have played softball. I had to have been in baseball. One time I got caught in a really big lie talking about, I found out an ex-boyfriend was marrying this girl that I worked with and I was just freaking out. There was all kinds of emotions and things. Going, it's a long story, but I, I was telling this to my boss um, and we'd become good friends. And I remember her looking at me and saying, Jake, do you swing both ways? And I was like so angry that day and just the frustration of realizing that this was not ever going to be real. I was so depressed and getting so suicidal. My partner and I kept having these conversations about how that's not the answer. We can't do that to our families. And so we were just kind of drifting through life. I think both of us were disillusioned with the lifestyle, but yet not wanting to go back. Every time I thought about being female again, it was so painful. It was like a knife just going through my soul every time I thought about being a female. At the time, my mom, she asked me to make a website for her Bible study. Now, I didn't want anything to do with the Bible study, but she was going to pay me for it. I started looking at the lessons because I was going to summarize the lessons for the website. And I was just kind of skimming through them at first, but things started jumping out at me. And I know it was the Lord just drawing me and he would just highlight things to me and I would get curious. And so I started calling my mom to ask her questions. And she would just very calmly answer my question. I mean, she tried to fix me all my life, even when I first went into the trans lifestyle. But all of a sudden now, she was just answering my questions. She wasn't trying to shove it down my throat and give me everything she knew. And so I started calling her more and more. Eventually, I found myself so hungry to know more about God. And I had not wanted anything to do with God in many, many years. And I said, Mom, what's happened to me? Six months ago, I was 180 degrees from where I am now. I said, all I want is to hear the word of God. And she said, well, I've been praying that God would draw you back like a magnet. I was like, wow, <laughs> that's what God has done. I can't explain how I've gone to not wanting anything to do with God, to wanting nothing but him. 
So I, I gave my life to the Lord and I really honestly got radically saved. I was so transformed that I knew I was never going to be the same. I knew without any doubt I'd been saved. And I thought, this is awesome. God accepts me as a man. I was so blown away that God would accept me as trans because all I'd heard was I was going to hell and all this. But I didn't realize that God wasn't going to leave me there. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Psalms 139, 7-10 So I didn't have to clean myself up for him, but it wasn't okay for me to keep living that way. Like at one point, I just, I felt this great emptiness. And one night he asked me, he said, if you stood before me tonight, what name would I call? I said, oh Lord, that is not fair. I said, I've repented of this. I said, I was sorry, but there's nothing I can do with now. You know, I can't go back. He reminded me of John chapter one, where it says, Jesus Christ himself is the creator. He said, you cannot claim to love me and yet reject my creation. And there was a moment where I thought I was being condemned because I didn't see any way out. There was just no way I was going to go back to being a female. It's like God either accepts me this way or there's no hope. And I knew what the Bible said, that those that live in unrepentant sexual sin will not inherit the kingdom of God. And he reminded me in Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 through 26, it says, If anyone will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake shall find it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his own soul? Or what shall he give in exchange for his soul? And I had a clear vision of Jesus Christ getting down on one knee. He reached his hand down into his pit and he said, Do you trust me? And I knew he was asking me to literally just walk away from everything. I knew that the Bible promised me that if I would walk by faith, that one day I was going to have a redeemed body in heaven and that I wouldn't have a sin nature anymore and everything was going to be okay. So I thought if I can hang on to, you know, 40 or 50 more years or whatever, then I'll be okay. I've got to follow Jesus at all costs. And so I walked away from it all. And I have been blown away at how God has absolutely redeemed and transformed my life. He didn't tell me everything that he had in store for me. It was so much better than I could have ever thought. And as he began to peel away the layers of the onion, as he began to help me forgive my mother, as he began to reconcile our relationship, as he began to help me forgive those that had hurt me, as I began to repent of the deep sin and the deep wounds, the lies I had believed, he began to absolutely transform me. And I remember one day I was in a discipleship group of girls and I looked around the room one day and I was like, wow, like I'm just one of the girls. It just dawned on me that they didn't see me any differently. I didn't think I'd ever look like a girl again. I didn't think I'd ever feel like a girl again. And I was so thankful. And the number one thing that I learned was that no matter what I did to my body, and it's not just me, I've heard from many others who have had reassignment surgeries that will tell you that this is never real and you cannot change who you are. But I found so much more freedom in identifying with who God created me to be. Like I was more tomboy at the time, but God has actually brought a new level of femininity that is really beautiful to me. I didn't want to be feminine because I felt so rejected by my mom and my sister, but there was a lot of femininity hidden under there. Now I still like being athletic and I still like these other things, but I enjoy being feminine for the first time in my life. 
there's not a set rule on what a woman looks like or what a man looks like but when we're cutting off who we are that's the difference with transgenderism is it's a desire to cut off who we are or to recreate ourselves because there's pain there it's like having an untreated infection in the body if we just take painkillers we're going to feel better in the short term but it's going to eventually destroy us and it will hurt us far more uh, we just went out of our pain but jesus wants to come in and heal that pain and that's what's so important The Lord really began to heal me a little bit at a time from the inside out, and He brought the healing that I had needed so desperately. Those feelings and desires are completely gone. But, you know, there are people that struggle with same-sex attractions or things, you know, till the day they die. There's no guarantee that we won't struggle, but holiness is not the absence of struggle. The, the cross is enough. The power that Christ gives us as He overcame death and sin at the cross, the grace that He imparts to us is enough. And as we grow and as we are transformed, He can change our desires and give us the power to overcome all sin. When God looks at Laura, He sees Laura, not Jake. But quite frankly, He loved her either way because she was his. His signature was in her heart and on her DNA. No amount of surgery, drugs, or makeup could ever change that. The Bible says that she was on his mind before she was knit together in her mother's womb. He had a plan for her, and he already knows the plan he has for you. Plans for hope and a future, even when you take a little detour, because all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are called according to his purpose in this Christian life. This Christian Life is a production of Family Stations Incorporated and is not affiliated with Christian Life Magazine or Plus Communications Incorporated. Family Radio.